T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ron Coomer on deck. Ronnie's been red hot. He's been in his zone. Ron Coomer. Let's see if the Cubs can respond. We're helping him out. Boomer drives one into right center field. Long run, Pierre. Pierre dives, misses it. It bounces all the way to the wall. That's a nice knock for the old hometown boy, isn't it? Chicago Cubs radio analyst. What a ball game. The wait is over. Right? It is over. The Cubs are World Series champions. How does that sound, partner? 1999 American League All-Star. From the American League All-Stars. Infielder Ron Coomer. The Coom Dog with Mully and Haw. On 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. He is America's favorite guy. It's always a delight to talk to Ron Coomer. And he joins us now, as all of our guests do, on the Score Hotline. Brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Ron, good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Good morning, Mikey. David, I I have to, first of all, I'm doing great. I have to apologize for yesterday. I wish I could blame it on Dustin or somebody else, but I can't. (laughs) It was my my time mistake yesterday. I was speaking to a sports psychology class for high school kids yesterday early morning and got the time screwed up, so... I owe you guys lunch, dinner, oh, you pick on. it, you wow. come to me, it's on me, but I apologize, and I'm like, getting ready to do this class, and I'm like, I've screwed this whole time thing up, haven't I? <laughs> it's a good excuse. And I'm excuse. looking, and I'm like, you know, it's it, it's a terrible excuse, it's the truth, I, you know, there, there's there's that, but it, I apologize. It's a good reason, today, though, so. Coom, you were doing some good, <laughs> yeah, you know, giving back, and you had to wait another day for that great new open we have for you, wow, you were really good. <sighs> Well, you know, they, they, they found the few highlights I had here in Chicago. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But it was really nice. That was uh, even Steve McMichael on there too, right? That was yep. the famous game. I was the one that slid in the home and spiked my helmet. It almost knocked me out going past my head as it was bouncing about as high as the second deck. And um, our great friend Steve McMichael got kicked out of the game after singing the seventh inning stretch by Angel Hernandez. And yep. We know Stevie's issues, so we think about him. But a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. So thank you guys for uh, for doing that. It's really nice. You know, Ron, um, I don't know how to feel about the Seiya Suzuki thing. I, I, I was, um, I felt like, wow, yeah. you know, he got himself in good shape. He's put on twenty pounds of muscle. You, you always hear that, and you're kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That he wants to hit more homers. Now he's hurt. Now he's going to miss the World Baseball Classic. As as David said, he won't be able to. Uh, to recruit 
we're hoping that he gets uh, Shohei Otani, uh, Otani into town. Um, but that's it's a serious thing whenever somebody has a kind of uh, an issue like that in terms of just their swing. Yeah, it is. The oblique, the oblique injury um, is a tough one, right? Mm-hmm. And you're probably looking at, you know, six weeks wow. before he plays again. Oh, my. I would think. You know, if, if it's a, if it's a, a you know, a, a full-blown oblique injury, it takes a while. Um, it is unfortunate. I, I saw him the very first day I came down to take batting practice, and I looked at him, and I was like, whoa, he's a lot bigger. And not that, you know, he just, through the chest and shoulders is where he's gained his weight and muscle. And, and you know, the ball was jumping off his bat. He was still moving around really well. He's really strong, really strong in his lower half. So to gain that 20 pounds of muscle up top, his legs can, can deal with that because he was still moving around extremely well. So you, he wasn't losing some speed because he'd gained some muscle up top, and um, it's just unfortunate. You know, you work and work and work all winter long, and then the first, you know, few days of camp and opening day of camp, and you tweak something, and then it turns into a little more than a tweak. And um, yeah, it's it's a bummer for him, I know, because he's really excited about getting back and trying to have a big, you know, as they call it, the breakout year. So, so Ron, there's a lot of other things to cover, but let's stick with Suzuki for a moment. If he is out for four to six weeks or whatever the case may be, does that open the door wider for a guy like Christopher Morrell? Would he be the most obvious uh, replacement possibility? What are the options in terms of depth for the Cubs? Well, you're looking at Mancini, right? So Trey is a guy that played right field for the Orioles for many years, and he was kind of pushed into that DH first base, possible some right field. But you're looking at Mancini, Morrell, um, Wisdom possibly, uh, and then some guys they brought in. So just have to see. I, I'm a big – he's a very raw player, but I'm a big fan of Christopher Morrell. I just think there's there's certain guys that when you see them play, they have that it factor, and they, they figure it out, right? It, it doesn't always look polished, but they're, they're, they're those people that figure out how to succeed when they're playing – and you don't really have, it doesn't make a lot of sense. They just know how to do it. And they don't like to fail. And I think he's one of them. Javi, when he first came in the league, was having issues swinging at the breaking ball down and away. And all of a sudden, you know, he just, he had enough of it. And all of a sudden, you know, Madden got him to hit the ball the other way for a while. And boom, he took off. I think Morrell is, is special in a lot of ways with his athleticism. If you work with him in right field and throw him out there, you know, you got a great athlete who might be able to do some real damage with the bat in his hand because his swing does get a little long at times, but whew, the ball comes off hot off his bat, I'll tell you that. It's fascinating because you watch this team. It's so different. There's so many new players. Right. There's so much there's so much better. I, I mean I, I don't know how else to say it. There's just there's more um kind of uh, practiced, you know, authentic type of baseball stars than there had been. You got a lot of big league names yep. in that locker room now. And when when I go out to field one, like I'll go out this morning, and you're watching batting practice and you're talking, it's not new for everybody now, right? I mean, <laughs> you got some guys that they've been around the block, and you know, you you have confidence. You watch the infield work, and and you look at what the Cubs are going to feature 
through the middle of the diamond. Um, and it is, Mike. I, I chance to talk to Bellinger yesterday, and I, you know, have known his dad for a long time, you know, playing against him and, you know, watching him play. And, and now he comes in and he, you know, when you ask him, well, how's it going? What are you working on? Well, I got, you know, here you come. I got I to gotta get above the ball. I've got to cover this pitch because I'm, I'm just swinging and missing too much. They got real answers and they, they've had the success. They know what they got to do. Now, do you get that done? They've gone through the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of trying to play this crazy game. And, you know, it, it's fun to talk to guys that have gone through it. I, I can say that. And uh, it is a very different team than what we featured last year. Coom, a lot of starting pitching news. Kyle Hendricks threw his first bullpen on Friday. Justin Steele's been shut down for a couple of days with a little bit of tenderness or soreness or fatigue. You saw Jameson Tyone with the slider yesterday make a strong impression. Yep. And then, then you have Caleb Killian, a young guy who has had a very normal offseason for the first time, looked very sharp. What's been the biggest development in your eyes in terms of starting pitching? Well, there's some depth there. There's no doubt, right? Even it's uh, Assad and some of those other guys look good. Um, you, you've got some young guys who took a big step forward last year. And when you add, you know, the Tyones and some of those guys that, you know, you're looking at maybe seven deep of guys that you wouldn't be like, oh boy, are we starting this guy today? You don't have that feeling any longer. The young guys, you know, can at least piggyback on each other and they're big league caliber pitchers, right? You just didn't know before. Um, Tyone to me is one of those guys. I think he's going to have a really good year for the Cubs. I, you know, the slider as that progresses, um, that sweeping slider that he throws will be a good one because he's got a great curveball at that 12, six hook that he can feature, um, early in the count as a get me over breaking ball is, is a good pitch and he's got good velocity. So, um, the other thing too is, is Kyle Hendricks is the wild card in this, is in this thing, David. I talked to him, um, Cubs convention, right? And, and uh, he was just glowing about how good he felt. And I'm like, okay. Then you talk to the trainers. Well, you know, he, there's the process of this throwing program. It takes a long time. He's down here, and now he's thrown off the mound, and he threw a bullpen. So, um, you know, midsummer, I don't think that's the case. I think you're probably, if, if he can push the trainers to allowing him to do this, which I'm guessing they're, they probably will if he's doing this well. You know, you might be looking at him pitching maybe even in May or first of May. Hmm. So obviously the big story is the rule changes and how the game <laughs> has become sharper and there's more action. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. It's trimming 20-something minutes on average, right. 23 minutes on average. But the game is better. I mean, I, it's not just that it's not about – it's more entertaining. It's not about the time as much as it is – it's kind of the game you played, Ron, when, when you know, the ball was out and everybody kind of played a little bit differently. And now it's it slowed down over the last 10 years, and I like it. I think it's good. I think there's a couple. I, I couldn't agree more, Mike. I, I just, to me, I was broadcasting the game on Saturday um, with Alex Cohen, who's the Iowa Cubs broadcaster. He did a great job, by the way. I had a lot of fun with him. But we um, – the first three innings, right before the game got crazy and, you know, San Francisco brought in some players and they weren't catching the ball. First three innings, it was like you're calling a game and I was reading a commercial and you couldn't, you couldn't look away because the game was going. I'm like, wow, 
is this the NBA or is this baseball? <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> like, Dang, I'm liking this. This is, you know, boom, boom, boom. The inning's done. And I'm like, wow, we had nine pitches there. That was great. <laughs> so that part is really good. Um, it, it was fun. And, and the other thing that I'm, I love to see yesterday, we saw it at work four and against the Cubs uh, at the home ballpark at Sloan where I was at yesterday is the, the, the base hit. The base hit is back in play. It's a miracle. A ground <laughs> ball hit where they ain't, and uh-huh. it goes up the middle, and it's three hops as a base hit again. And I was like, see, you can hit, you can, you can figure out hitting the ball back through the middle like we were all taught as little leaguers. It works again. And that's what we saw yesterday. I, I just, I love the, the, the shifting change, even though, the, you know, you're still going to have some shift, but all the infielders on the infield mean if the ball's hit sharply on the ground, it's going through the infield if it's not hit right at somebody. And it just makes for a better game. It really does. I, I, I'm, so far, the only rule change that I see that, you know, the, the bigger bases, they look a little odd. They've gotten in the way a couple times for guys defensively, but... Um, stolen bases are up. They're always up in spring training. We'll see how that goes in, in the season. Coom, good rivalries also make the game more interesting, and certainly the Cubs and Cardinals will be different <laughs> this year. Wilson Contreras guaranteed that with his comments to Bally Sports in St. Louis, talking about the right organization, the Cardinal way, and things that I think uh, you understand because of the way things went down. But how did you interpret what Wilson Contreras had to say and it's, it, the effect that they will have maybe on the Cubs and that rivalry? Yeah, first shot fired, right? <laughs> By Wilson, I, I don't know. He's a young guy, and, you know, he's a very um, fiery player, and he always has been. From day one when he got to the league, you know, you had a bunch of star players here that had won World Series, a World Series, and he was, like, in that tier below those guys, right, the, the big four or five guys. Then he was with the team, you know, they were gone, and he was left, and, um, you know, you, you could tell there was some tension there too, and he was frustrated with some things. And um, so, I got a feeling the Cubs are going to be very happy with their catching situation this year. Um, with two veteran guys, if they can stay healthy, the catching situation is going to be great. And I and I think there's going to be an ongoing. You know, Wilson will probably fire off a couple more shots, and um, <laughs> it'll be it'll be okay eventually. You know. Those things, when he comes to Chicago, it'll be back tearful again, and he'll be happy to be back and waving to the fans, and it'll, it'll go away. I, you know, I, I understand it. He's young and he's fiery, and you, you say, you know, you get, you get your feelings hurt a little bit, and, and you understand that, right? But it is what it is. We'll be fine. So, Ron, you're getting your first real look at Dansby Swanson with the Cubs. What are you seeing? How, you know, he's the face of the organization now, given the contract and, yep. and given his status. What are you seeing from him? Uh, seems like every time I hear him talk, he's, he's saying the right stuff. I mean, you, yeah. you can't help but like the guy. Yeah, Mike, you're going you're gonna to like it. He, there's, you know, he, professional, right? I mean, you're getting a guy that has had a lot of success in our league, both, both individually and as a team winning a World Series and the professionalism of what he does and how he goes about it. And, you know, watching him play shortstop the other day, you know, it's just smooth, right? There's no flash. There's no thrills, but it's catch the ball, throw it to first, make a nice play. It's eh, ho-hum. You know, he's just, he knows what he's doing. He really does. 
and he's a perfect fit with him and Nico and Bellinger kind of in that triangle of playing defense up the middle. You can, he's a very good player. The thing about him that I, that I hope continues on with his game is the RBI number. I know RBIs get pushed, pushed aside, um, you know, with, with all the new uh, metrics in our game. But somebody's got to knock in the runs. It's just the way you win. And him with 97 runs batted in last year and 27 bombs, it's a big deal. And if he can do that again for the Cubs, that will really help a ton for the Cubs' middle of the lineup. Um, great young guy. The ball jumps off his bat, too. He's bigger and stronger than you would think um, mm. and really, really handles himself well. Coom, Michael Fulmer joined Bruce and I over the weekend on Inside the Clubhouse mm-hmm. and said something that surprised me. Said that, number one, he talked to some teams about maybe being a starter. He chose the Cubs because of the opportunities here. And also, he didn't rule that out moving forward in his future. Not necessarily with the Cubs, but did that surprise you? And what role do you expect him to play? I expect him to be a bullpen guy and probably, you know, pushing towards the later part of the game, David, I would think. Right, is, is the way I see it as of today. But he, you know, if you remember, early in his career, he had a lot of success as a starter and then got hurt, and then that's what pushed him to the pen. What, what I think he's probably going to look at is, is how his arm reacts this year. Does he get that uptick in velocity going back to the bullpen regularly? And if he does, does that translate to him going back to the rotation in a year or two? But I, I, a guy that's had the experience he's had, I, I feel he's going to be a, a bullpen, you know, a later inning bullpen guy uh, for the Cubs for sure. When we think about uh, the, the new infield, right? I mean, it's yep. going to be so important because of what we talked about with the shift. Um, what, what are you seeing from Nico in his new position, even though he's played it before? And, uh, and, and I'm just curious, does Madrigal make this team, or is that kind of an uphill battle for him? Well, the Nico part first, Mike. I, Nico, to me, I think he's going to be a star player in our league. Mm. I just do. I, I think a real star player in our league. He's, he does everything that you see in young players that are taking off, right? He's changing positions, but we saw him play second base a few years ago, and he was yep. gold-glove caliber second baseman. I think this move for him, he's going to really excel at second base. And you're going to see the range of him, you know, come out because of the, you know, not being able to shift. So he's going to be one of those guys that's really going to, I think, explode in our league. He's, he's that guy to me. Um, Nick is an uphill battle. He really does. I, when you start looking at the people that are around him, whether it be Patrick Wisdom, Morell, and then Nick, Nick's working real hard at, at trying to learn the third base position. And it's not an easy transition to go from second base over to third. Uh, The ball comes off the bat different. There's just a lot to figure out and and do in a short period of time. So, um, and Nick's trying hard. I I talked to him just two days ago about it. He's learning, you know, tracking the ball from the pitcher and not, watching the pitcher throw like you do at second. There's a lot of stuff. So he's, he's, he's given it a great shot, and he's, gonna, he, he's made the plays so far. But I think it is a little bit of an uphill battle for Nick, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the third base position. There's no doubt. Whether he makes the team, you know, the numbers show that 
if he can hit, you know, there's a couple spots on the roster, you know, his, his ability to put the ball, if he's healthy, he could make the team. Um, but it's just, it's going to be tough. Rod, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Great to catch up with you. Thanks, Coom. Boys, always great to talk to you. I apologize for yesterday, but uh, now I owe you lunch. So now we got to get great. the league. That's a good trade-off, Coom. Yeah. yeah. We'll I, I wish you missed today, too. We could be eating for a week. <laughs> Miss you, boys. Have fun. All right. Thanks so All much. Right. That is good Ron stuff. Coomer, one of Ron God's Coomer. great men. And uh, the Cubs made the announcement, or at least through Jordan Bastion from Cubs.com, moderate strain for uh, Seiya Suzuki in terms of the oblique. No timetable yet. They will talk later about it, both Seiya Suzuki and David Ross. It, it's a, it is a an injury that takes a while, man. you got to well, be you careful heard with that. You said six weeks. Just the minute you hear that. So. He's not making that up. No, that's so experience. That's experience yeah. in that. He's also around the team, and you wonder yeah. if it's going into near opening day, what that means for roster decisions and who that might benefit. He mentioned Christopher Morrell. All right, we've got uh, Ryan Poles is at the scouting combine. We heard from him. We're going to share that with you next. Molly and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. So today is the uh, the opening of the Scouting Combine, David, in yep. Indianapolis. And uh, Ryan Poles met with the media this morning why don't we listen to it i think that's a great idea we're going to hear it ourselves in lifetime as uh as you do and then we will discuss however briefly here's ryan poles the bears general manager at the indianapolis scouting combine all right it's good to see everybody it's crazy how fast uh time goes by if it was just yesterday uh we were doing this uh last year but uh first want to just start off by thanking my crew, um, both pro, college, a lot of times been put in, in in terms of preparation to get ready for this offseason. You know, I think we can really build on what we started and move the needle and get our roster to a place that we can start winning uh, football games. Um, the draft, really interesting setup, uh, a ton of flexibility to, you know, take the best player at one or move. Um, and continue to add draft capital and get better, which is exciting. And then for free agency, you know, the opportunity to have a little bit more ammunition than what we had uh, last year allows us to bring in the right type of uh, players that kind of fit what we're looking for and fit our culture. So, again, we can keep uh, moving the needle and, and winning more football games. Um, but from there, I'll just open it up. Ryan, as you, as you listen to pitches for the number one pick, 
What's your sort of process and philosophy of sustaining and control of that whole dance in the next six, seven weeks? Yeah, right now it's just this whole combine event is about collecting information um, because we still got to get back. We got to put our draft board together, tighten that up from the information that we get here. Um, and that's really going to start to allow us to play the numbers game to see, you know, what's possible, what makes sense for us. If you decide to, to trade the pick, is that something you would want to do before or after the first wave of free agents? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are some scenarios um, that it might benefit us to move, you know, before free agency, you know, opens potentially. Um, but again, when we get back with all the information that we've gathered from here, I think we'll have a better direction. Is that just because it would give you a clear view of? what you need or, or how would it be beneficial? Uh, a clear view of what we need. Um, and there's scenarios where you could, you know, add players as well, potentially, um, which again gives you some clarity on what you want to do in the draft how and for Sorry, how mm -hmm. does having the number one pick change how you approach this week? Yeah, it doesn't really approach, we're not going to approach it too much different. We're going to collect the information like we always do. Um, I think the volume of information just goes up. As you sort of gather that information, how are you going to balance maybe the, the want to add more picks and, and maybe the value of that compared to a guy you might be targeting up there that you wouldn't right. be able to get when you trade back? Yeah, it's a good question. And that's a numbers game I talk about. Um, really getting our draft board set up, see where, you know, if we move to this spot, who's available. I always talk about value, right? So there's going to be certain players that are going to be in the value bucket. How many are there? Which is going to dictate how far we can move back. Hey Ryan, has anything changed with with Justin Fields and you saying he essentially have to be blown away to to trade him? Anything changed in that regard? No, nothing's changed there. I saw you know the the deal from yesterday in terms of leaning one way or the other. You know, I think that's always been the case. We've always leaned that way because Justin did some really good things. I'm excited about where his game's going to go. Um, but at the same time, when you sit in our situation at one overall, you have to do your due diligence. You have to investigate everything. You got to spend time with those guys just to make sure we're making the right decision. Um, what's important to me, and I think everyone knows me by now and how uh, I want to treat our players, we'll be in communication with Justin along the way just to make sure that you know he knows what we're doing and nothing's a surprise to him. Have you talked to him already uh, yeah. about that and the fact that there's going to be a lot of chatter about yeah. the quarterback position yeah. kind of until you guys make a move? Yeah, we anticipated this a while ago, so we've, we've been in communication with can him. You, can, can you tell us what that was like? No, it's just that there's going to be a lot of noise, and I'm going to just know that I'm going to keep you up to date with what we're doing and why we're doing it. And um, I think that's important for him to kind of know what we're doing. There's been a lot of speculation about offers coming in for the number one pick. Have teams reached out potentially about Justin and you guys maybe moving on from him? Yeah, there's been a lot of um, different scenarios. And it's really just kind of starter conversations right now. So um, nothing specific about players, picks, and all that. It's just interest. Have teams asked if he's available, though? No, I haven't gotten that yet. What parameters do you have for the first wave of free yeah. Parameters yeah, in terms like of what you're going to use to kind of guide you through yes, the first 24, 48 hours, which are yeah, same same setup as before. Um, we have just like the draft, we have players that are going to be in certain buckets for values, and you know this year we have the ability to approach um, and go after a few of those guys. Um, I think. We're going to stay selective. We're going to have parameters that kind of match our values and our research. Um, we have an unbelievable analytics team, our cap group with Matt and uh, Cliff. 
do a great uh, amount of research to kind of keep us in that range and, and making smart decisions. Because I think the key is we don't want to um, we don't want to waste this opportunity and, and do something that's not sound that doesn't allow us to have this flexibility in years to come. So that's the balance that you're trying to take advantage of now, but also not still not trying to hurt you down the road. You, you use the word value. Can, can you yep. actually find value at the very opening of free agency though? Um, not really like straight to the value, but you can have parameters for what that looks like historically. Mine is an extension of that. What, what realistically can you accomplish in free agency? What are your benchmarks for, for the next you know, four or five weeks? Yeah, so the thing about free agency, you got to always be on your toes to adapt and adjust. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, I'll put it very simply, but it's to improve our football team, get as many guys on our team that can help us do what we're trying to do, which is win a lot of games. Ryan, if you look to improve your defensive line, mm -hmm. what traits are you looking for in players? What are you looking for there? Yeah, I go back to coaches' hits principle. Um, guys that play the way that we're looking for, um, violence, length, um, tenacity. That's what we're looking for. Guys that can get after the quarterback, but also play the run as well and be disruptive. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's safe to say from what you said now and last time we met that you're planning on just being the quarterback. Uh, that's the plan right now, um, and like I said, we're going to do our homework on, on this class, mm -hmm. and if something changes, and again, I'll just use the same statement, we've got to be blown away uh, to say, you know what, I think this is best for our organization. What can you learn about quarterbacks here that you haven't seen on the Yeah, so this is an opportunity to sit down and spend time with them, get to know the person, what, what makes them tick. Um, you have a period of time where you can get them on uh, film and talk about different scenarios, and you can really see how they, they process. Uh, they can give you the why, you know, is it very, um, is it short-sighted or is it like a overall like big picture view that they give you and they can tell you why they're doing the concepts. Um, and that, you know, everyone's taught differently, all the schemes are different, um, but that gives you a little bit of guidance of how much they know about ball and, and where their ceiling is. What is your criteria for being blown away in terms of quarterbacks? Yeah, when you watch it over and over and go, wow, like this is like different. Um, but it's a collection of um, anticipation, uh, arm talent, arm strength, accuracy. It's, it's all of the categories that you look for in a quarterback. And then, like we talked about here, it's the person. You need to be a unique uh, human being to play this position in this league with this pressure um, and just to be able to keep coming game after game after game and also critique yourself and get better year after year. So. Um, it's a huge checklist, but we'll go down that and just, you know, be sure we're doing the right thing. Back right to the anyway. defensive line, the commanders tag their three technique today. Those guys don't typically hit free agency. How do you attack that position then, kind of knowing that the lot might not be as much to go through next month? Yeah, we're going to, you know, obviously the flexibility we'll see um, after these next few days and weeks of who's available in free agency, uh, where they fall on our, our value um, chart and our, our board. Um, and then if it's not there, then maybe that turns to the draft. So that's the beautiful thing about balancing both of those things. That's why we spent so much time uh, evaluating both sides um, to kind of see what's going to be available to us and where we need to um, attack in both of those um, uh, areas in terms of phrase of the draft. Right. Right. When the, top, the top two defensive players right now are a play on the line, at least the ones who are projected to go in the draft. Do you have, how do you weigh the importance of edge rusher versus three technique? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, we could talk about that for a long time. Um, there are certain <coughs> positions inside that are multipliers. 
Um, but also there's guys on the outside that are special. They're going to create, um, you know, O-line slides that are going to give other people opportunity too. So that's a multiplier as well. So it's really just, um, it comes down to our evaluations on how much they affect the game of both the run and the pass. Ryan, how much difference does this week feel for you given the position that your team is in? Yeah, um, it's a good thing, right? I mean, we have flexibility, we have opportunity. Um, we can gather all that information and it's, I know our entire front office, our organization is pumped uh, just with the opportunity that we have to do something special. You mentioned, the, you mentioned the flexibility throughout the last couple months since yep. you've had the normal division. Yep. When you have a team that needs so many pieces, is that the ideal outcome for you to trade the pick, get more assets? Yeah, it just depends um, how far back. Um, but yeah. We do, we need a lot, and that gives us more opportunity to bring in more players. So um, it's a good situation to be in for where our club is. Um, but at the same time, you know, when I talk about where guys are on the draft chart, if we have someone that's so high and in a special category that says, you know what, you know, this guy's going to affect our team both from a culture standpoint and also from a game day standpoint, then that might be the best thing to do as well. Um, but in a vacuum, like, yeah, moving back gives you more uh, opportunities to hit more players um, and continue to add to the core of this team. Ryan, what's your assessment of the offensive line as it stands right now? I mean, how many guys do you feel good about and how many, uh, how flexible can you be there in terms of adding different players? Yeah, we're always, especially the O-line, we're always going to look to add. Um, that's a place, and we went through it this year, and I've talked about it before, you're starting five, like that's not going to be the group more than likely at the very end of the season. So you got to be deep. Um, you got to be healthy. You got to be versatile. Guys can play inside and outside. So uh, we're comfortable, you know, with some of the guys that are there. We didn't get to see everybody in the in the proper position, uh, but I think uh, that's a position we'll always look to add and improve. And we're going to add competition. I think that's the key. Is even the guys that are there that seem solidified. Like there's going to be opportunity to create competition where they got to go and elevate their game, just like everybody else. And we'll put the best five out there. Do you have a philosophy at that position versus the comfort of a rookie? I know obviously Braxton did a few guys. Yeah. A rookie stepping in versus a known veteran who you know, doesn't have to worry about the college to pro transition when you're trying to build this thing the way you want to. Yeah, I think you got to be open-minded. Um, some guys are going to come in and they're just going to take off. You know, with Braxton's case, I just remember going through all of those phases. Like, man, this guy just keeps getting better and better and better. He never backed down from the pressure of it and then went through the whole season. and, and I thought he did a really good job in terms of the ups and downs that come with it. Um, so we're not going to really put a ceiling on anyone's ability to do that. So we'll be open-minded. If someone comes in and wants to take a job and they do it and they do it consistently, then that's just the way it's going to play out. When you say blown away, mm -hmm. how much does that maybe apply to Justin that he did last year in terms of the running that he showed you as yeah. you started? Those are those moments that did blow you away, that his athletic ability and, and ability to create explosive plays um, were special. Now what we've had discussions about and I, I talked about it openly like he's got to take the next step in his game and I'm excited to see that because I think he's going to. Ryan, in connection with Jason's question, how do you draw your floor line for how, how you trade back and, and what is the, the kind of internal discussion on making sure you know yeah. where your comfort level is? Yeah, it's a year-to-year -year thing. It just depends on what um, the draft class kind of brings in terms of, you know, you got different colors that we use, blue players at the top and how many do you have? how many you're comfortable or are you comfortable going down to the Reds? Um, so we should get some really good information this week to make us feel better about that so we know what that looks like. What are your color codes? Uh, so it's just, it's blue and red, gold, orange, 
Um, and then uh, Gray. What's the, what's the status of Eddie Jackson? And do you see him being with you guys this year? Yeah, uh, I saw Eddie rehab a couple days ago. He looked good, moving around, um, getting after it. So, um, again, just like everyone else, we'll get to camp and uh, this offseason, see him move around and evaluate everyone, you know, on a year-to-year basis. But I was excited about the progress that he made. I thought he was heading in the right direction, getting back to the ball with takeaways. Uh, I thought he tackled well, too. So we're excited about Eddie. You said last month that you wanted to keep David Montgomery in the fold if you could contractually. Have you guys made any yeah. progress with him and his agent and getting yeah. a deal? Yeah, so I'm not going to get into all of those specifics and who we're talking to or who we're not talking to, um, but my feelings for David have been changed. Um, so we're going to go through this process and just gather information and have conversations and see what happens. Because of the uniqueness of this offseason that you knew as the season ended after your evaluation, how, how did you put this in context for your own self as you looked at this and your staff, how you were going to, the importance of what this particular offseason is and its uniqueness? Yeah, I, our approach really has been the same, except we have a few more tools um, available to us just from starting last year and getting off the ground. I feel like we're better equipped to make really good decisions. It's just uh, the volume has gone up and the flexibility, the options, there's all like there's plan A, there's plan B, there's plan C. And we're trying to just figure all that out because it's going to shift and take turns that you don't expect. Um, so you have to be ready for that and have all the information at hand. Um, so we all know it's important and we're all fired up about it. Is there a, da- a danger at all in having too many plans created? No. No, I think we have it laid out pretty well and have a good process that allows us to stay pretty tight and make good decisions. Ian, and just Ian Cunningham two had more options this offseason and, yeah. and decided to stay with you guys. What does that do for the front office, especially at a really critical time for this? Yeah, season? yeah, stability. Um, I'm happy for him and, and the opportunities that he did have uh, through that process. Uh, he's going to be an unbelievable gym when he gets the opportunity and, and finds the right match. But for us and for the Bears, I know. Uh, we're in a really good situation with him in the front office. Uh, to have your right-hand man there going through, again, all of these scenarios, it's hard to sleep right now, right? Because you're just thinking all these different things that you could possibly do. Um, so to have him, it's, it's really good. Going off, like, just, just like in general, the, the emotion, mm-hmm. the attention, the conversations at, at home or here, what's, what's it like to have the first overall pick? Can you like, take us through like the, the feelings of it? Yeah, it's... Um, you know, I think uh, for me, I don't know. I think it's just my personality. I kind of stay level through it, whether it's 32nd or the first pick. Um, really just trying to think of ways that we can improve our team. Uh, try not to get too high or too low um, and try to stay on our toes. Because like I said, I've been in this league long enough that some curveball is going to pop up and we're going to have to adapt and adjust to it. But um, if anything, the feeling is, is excitement. Um, because as a front office person, this is kind of, uh, it's a bit of a dream in terms of the flexibility and options that you have to improve the football team. Thanks, guys. All right, there is Ryan Poles Hmm. at the scouting combine. Really good stuff. Yes. One thing that stood out to me in the interest of time, I'll keep it short. He said there are some scenarios that he could envision making a trade before free agency, and he mentioned – he mentioned because of the possibility of adding players. So that suggests there are some offers or some deals that he's considering, which would include adding players. Yeah. 
Now, that's something we talked about earlier. Right. The pros and cons and how that doesn't always happen, but it isn't something you rule out. If he's considering that, it would make you think, you know, defensive tackle, wide receiver, somebody else that could help immediately yeah. at a position of need. Listen, there's a lot of things that he said there that uh, that we're going to go over. We'll bring in Dan and Lawrence and talk about it with them a little bit. But I, I love that last question. I think it was, is it is it like really cool to have that first pick? <laughs> How cool is that? How cool is that, Brian? Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 